0: So welcome to the Project Plenty podcast series where we ask the question, what will 2030 look like? We'll ask that question across a range of topics important to Queensland and to our church. It's a series of conversations that will help us enter into a whole of church discernment and planning exercise that we hope might give shape to our life in the next decade. Over the course of this series, we'll invite our guests to reflect on this question, what 2030 looks like from their perspective?" and ask what role the Uniting Church could play as this future approaches. My name's Scott Guyatt and I'm glad that you can join us. My guest today Brett Hall. Brett is a Director of Research, Project and Policy with Jobs Queensland and Brett's been good enough to come and hang out with me for a little while to chat through this topic of the future of work. Uh, Brett, thanks so much for being with me today. Thank you, great to be here with you. So I wonder if, um, Brett, we might start by uh, We use this phrase, the future of work. I use this phrase, the future of work. I'm not sure I know what I mean by that. Is that a phrase that's in common use? And what what do we mean by the future of work? What does that open up for us? Well, look,
1: the future of work is a phrase that's uh, incredibly common in the way that it's used. And uh, look, barely a day goes by where you don't have... a new uh, think tank or yeah, okay. uh, or policy organisation
0: or... Um... Someone recording a podcast. <laughs> yeah, ab- absolutely.
1: <laughs> so um, barely a day goes by where you don't have um, a new piece of research or commentary yeah, on yeah. the future of work and, and what the future of work uh, will look like in a, in a global context, in a, in a national context. So yeah. uh, this notion of the future of work is something that um,
0: you know, is, is quite a hot topic. Yeah, yeah. So tell us a little bit about... Your work in this area, you work in uh, Jobs Queensland, what's, what is Jobs Queensland, how does that kind of fit in, you know, is it part of the Queensland Government, is it something separate, um, you know, and what's the work that's going on in this area? Yeah, so from.
1: Jobs Queensland uh, was established a few years ago now as an independent entity that provides advice to the Queensland government. Okay. So uh, Jobs Queensland has an independent board, yep. uh, and that board provides advice uh, to the Minister for Employment and the Minister for Training and Skills Development yep. uh, in the Queensland government around a range of issues that are related to future skills needs, uh, yep. workforce planning and development, and, and apprenticeships and training. So assume you're
0: listening to industry, you, you know, you're talking with education and training providers that you know there's a whole mix of different people that you'd be talking to to kind of draw academic um, yep. uh, so a, big,
1: a big part of our remit is around consultation so we spend yep. a lot of time talking to uh, to uh, industry organizations um, out, out in regions uh, talking to people in regions um, yep. yeah, academics yep. uh, uh, employee representatives and a whole host of other uh, people with an interest in in the areas that we work in
0: and I understand Jobs Queensland is working on this uh, future of work project, and there's an interim report I think that I saw some something about. Can you give us a sense of what's what's the project about? What you know, what's the time scales? Who you know, who, who's it for? What's what's going to come out of that?
1: So a few years ago now, a couple of years ago now, uh, we identified that there was significant uh, commentary and and work being done around uh, the future of work. But what we identified is that uh, a lot of this work was being uh, undertaken uh, in an in international context. Exactly. Uh, there was a significant amount of interest uh, in these areas. And the big question we had was what does this mean for Queensland? Yeah. Uh, And to what extent can um, all of this work that's being done uh, internationally and and to some extent uh, nationally in Australia as well, to what extent can we apply that to to the Queensland context? So uh, in 2018, so last year, uh, we spent quite an extensive period of time having a look at all of the literature that had been put out on this topic uh, over the last few years and uh, published a a review of that literature. Uh, And what we sought to do through that review was to identify um, what are the areas in which there's an element of consensus in the literature around what the future of work may look like and what are those areas and that's this list was nearly uh, nearly as long as those areas where there's consensus what are the areas where there's not consensus where there are some mixed views around uh, around what the future will look like what we found through that process is that there was very little of that literature that was actually specific to the Queensland context yeah, okay. uh, and very little that we could draw definitively what it means for Queensland. So uh, we then put out a discussion paper uh, yeah. and spent uh, a few months earlier this year um, going around Queensland, talking to industries, regions, yeah. um, communities yeah. around uh, what these issues mean uh, for them, the changes yeah, yeah. that people see uh, in, in their regions, their communities, yeah. their industries, uh, to uh, to put that... Uh, that uh,
0: more detailed Queensland overlay yeah. over these issues over the issues okay there's a couple of questions that kind of come out of that for me one is could you know could you give us a couple of examples of some of those issues that are common in the literature you know you talked about there being some issues that are kind of common than a whole bunch of others that aren't are there a couple of examples that come to mind you know when we start looking at this
1: yeah so one of the uh, one of those areas that is is common is that uh what work looks like in the future uh Will be will be different. Yeah. Uh, where there isn't as much consensus, <laughs> is exactly how what it will that looks be different. Like. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, obviously, with these things, nobody has a crystal ball. Yeah. So yeah, uh, you, know, you can you can use a whole a whole range of uh, sort of modelling and, and foresight and predictive techniques yeah, yeah. to uh, to consider uh, what work might look like in the future, uh, but. At, at the end of the day uh, there isn't that definitive crystal ball that no, will no. Uh, that will tell you exactly uh, exactly what those yeah. changes are or, or how they might play out there are a range of you know broad underpinning trends that uh, that are playing out and there is an element of consensus around these so the first big one is around technology and that's probably the one that is that's talked about the most yeah. in terms so of- let's
0: let's let's get into that I mean is my bus driver going to lose his job? Because it's going to be a driverless bus that I'm catching to work. Uh, Look, 10 maybe years from now. maybe one day, uh, maybe one day, but uh,
1: you know, probably uh, probably not uh, not any time soon. Not, yeah. And and I think the reason for that is that yes, technology is a really important factor, and and theoretically, the technology exists. Uh, for, uh, um, for you know, autonomous vehicles yeah, and, and yeah. all of these things um, to, to take place. But yeah. technology doesn't occur in a vacuum. No. Uh, and, and those uh, technologies can only impact on work in a really widespread way across yeah, yeah. the economy. If there's other factors in place, and yeah. some of those other factors include the uh, the, the legal and in, institutional and policy environment yeah, okay. that, enables that enables those technologies yeah, yeah. to um, to essentially take off in a really yeah, yeah. Uh, in a really widespread way across you, the economy.
0: Do you have a sense? You know, so I, I guess I'm thinking here of the the example of Uber, where the technology enabled some sort of, sort of some changes in our the way we think about transport. And in a sense, led or got ahead of our capacity as a society to kind of regulate that stuff. Now, that's not necessarily in your kind of zone, but I guess there's a question there around our the degree to which we can keep up with technology in that in that area of regulating and policy. And um, you know, is, are we going to get caught out a couple of times over the next ten years by technology that enables things that we didn't imagine or weren't quite ready for? Or, so. You know?
1: Technology is moving at a really, yeah. uh, a, a really incredible pace, yeah. uh, and you know if you think of just how far that has come in the last ten years, yeah. and, and project that forward, yeah. uh, there is um, undoubtedly uh, significant technological change uh, yeah. on the horizon.
0: Yeah.
1: and I think the really important thing there is to come back to that previous point around uh, technology not uh, not taking place in in, in a, a vacuum, in a vacuum. Yeah. and and. We, through the work that we've done, have essentially identified three drivers uh, okay. of, of change in yep. the future of work. One is absolutely technology, yep. uh, but uh, there's also social and demographic factors. Um, yeah, so that, yeah. you know, the fact that the population's ageing, and by yeah, extension yeah. the workforce is ageing, yep. um, you've got...
0: Does that mean the workforce is also expanding? If our population's growing and people are working longer... I mean, this is the kind of pressure that's on around you know retirement age being pushed back and back and back over the next kind of twenty, thirty years. And
1: yeah, so one of the things that Jobs Queensland uh, does is um, undertake some economic modelling of uh, employment uh, in in Queensland, and we've okay. got uh, we've got projections uh, yep. for employment in Queensland yep. uh, in, in over the next five years. Yep. Uh, and absolutely, yep. uh, the total number of jobs in the economy is growing and is yep. projected yep. to continue growing. Yep. So. Yep. Uh, over the five years to twenty twenty two, that that modelling projects an increase of about one hundred and ninety thousand new jobs yeah. uh, entering into entering into yeah. the economy. Uh, what's quite interesting about that is where those jobs are. Uh, and do, you, do see... you mean
0: geographically or industry or well both or, or both. Uh, yep. So
1: when we when we look at uh, the industry composition, uh, so over half of all of those new jobs. Uh, are projected to be in just three industries, which is healthcare and social assistance, yep. uh, professional, scientific, and technical services, yep. uh, and and education and training. Yeah, so okay. you see a significant shift yeah, there yeah, towards a the right. services-based economy.
0: Yeah. So in the in the most recent episode of this podcast, we talked with um, the director of WES Mission Queensland, Jeff Backen, and he talked. Uh, we talked in that conversation about the extraordinary growth in the number of Queenslanders who are over the age of sixty-five over the next we were talking about kind of 20 to 30 years um but obviously that that kind of plays into that um, you know significant growth in that area of health and, and community service and so on um, you know as the way as a society as we care for those amongst us um, absolutely that would be a, one of the drivers there i guess yeah so it's yeah.
1: certainly a major driver of the uh the increase in employment in healthcare and social assistance is the aging population and yep. and um, as you know what comes with aging is generally yeah, yeah. uh you yeah, know increased um, um need for yeah, for health care yeah. yep. uh but the uh Significant growth also being driven by uh, some of the policy changes in that area. So the introduction of the NDIS uh, in particular... Uh, driving growth uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. in 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 all of those caring uh, yeah. professions uh, and and occupations, uh, as well as some of the reforms in the yeah, aged yeah. care area
0: yeah. as well. And obviously, three royal commissions—you know—over the last couple of years and the next couple of years that will tap into that in terms of people with disability, people in aged care, yep, you know, and, and young or children in uh, the care of institutions. Um, yeah, that's Will right. also kind of influence some of the the outcomes there, I imagine. Yeah, always. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's go back to technology for a second because I felt like I was a little bit frivolous talking about my bus driver and my driverless bus. you know how how do you sense or what's the feel on some of the other ways that technology might influence the world of work or the future of work over the, the coming kind of five to ten years?
1: What's been really interesting in this space is the way in which, uh, some of the research and commentary on this issue has shifted over the last few years. So, uh, many people would have heard a um, a particular statistic uh, being quoted, which is forty seven percent of all jobs uh, predicted to be uh, heavily impacted by uh, by technology. Okay. Uh, and uh, that came from a piece of research uh, that was put out uh, in in the USA in okay. twenty thirteen yep. uh, by um,
0: 2013. Uh, 13, that's ancient research. Well, by a couple <laughs> of authors called,
1: uh, called Frey and Osborne. And okay. um, that was probably the most uh, significant uh, piece of literature yeah. Yeah. Uh, on the impact of technology yeah, on yeah. jobs, um, insofar as the number of times it was picked up. And yeah, it was okay. picked up and it was cited thousands yeah, yeah, and yeah. thousands of times all, all over the those. world. What's really interesting with that piece of work is that a couple of years later, one of those same authors uh, came out and substantially revised down uh, those, oh, okay. those projections. Uh, okay. And there is an emerging level of consensus in the literature now that the impact of technology on jobs in terms of uh, you know, taking away or destroying yep. Yep. jobs gotcha. yep. uh, is likely to be far less yeah, uh, than yeah. was envisaged yeah. just a few so years ago. So we kind ago. of get
0: excited about these things and we talk about them all, but, but when push comes to shove, it's, it's a lot slower than maybe we think it is? Yeah, so So it it may not necessarily be slower, but I think
1: it's more around that change being different in the way it plays out. So rather than technology uh, taking away a job, uh, it's simply just changing and augmenting a job. So the job still exists, but uh, some of the tasks within that job uh, play out a bit differently. So if you think of in, for example, the manufacturing sector, where uh, you may have uh, somebody on the shop floor uh, that's... um, uh, you know uh, working uh, with a uh, with a, with a particular piece of machinery and that yep. machinery gets uh, gets replaced uh, with uh, with a new mm. and, and more technological yeah, advanced yeah. piece of machinery uh, their skills may need to transition yep. uh, from um, those uh, more traditional skills um, yep. to uh, more advanced skills around mm. uh, be it programming or, or, or uh, using this piece of uh this piece of more advanced machinery but at the end of the day they are still still employed uh in in a
0: manufacturing firm i remember talking to a a farmer uh, this is probably two or three years ago now who's based out around Blackall, buck alden he was telling me that one of the influences of technology in his world and his work is that he no longer has to go and ride the motorbike along all the fence lines he now sends his drone out uh, and it, it flies the fence line of his property and comes back and then he can watch the video uh, on his television in his lounge room and doesn't have to put himself at uh, kind of in harm's way if you like um, so that you know technology has changed his daily life in the sense that you know he's able to more efficiently kind of do that work. Okay.
1: So agriculture is one of those industries where yeah. there has been enormous uh, uptake of technology over yeah. the last few years. but I think the really important thing to remember there is that despite that and despite the fact that, Uh, technology is changing the ways Mm. in which um, a lot of these tasks uh, in in the agriculture industry are undertaken. Employment in agriculture is still projected to grow and is still projected to be one of the fastest growing industries uh, in the state. And that comes back to that previous point around technology doesn't exist in a vacuum, yeah, and yeah. You, have, yeah. um, you have significant export opportunities for yeah, yeah. Uh, for um, for agriculture and horticulture uh, products in, in Queensland, yeah. uh, and what this is doing and is helping Queensland's uh, industry to become more competitive, event, uh, uh, competitive internationally, uh, and uh, uh, you driving the growth of the industry as yeah, opposed yeah. to um, you know, simply taking away jobs. Yeah.
0: So we've tapped in a little bit into that kind of area of technology. We've talked a little bit about demographics. Um, you know, there, are there any? Are there other? You know, one or two other key influences? Um, you know, that you've identified in having an impact on the future of work in Queensland, um, that come to mind. Industrial relations, globalization. You know, the gig economy. Any of these? Environment. Global, yeah, you know, look, global warming. Yeah, All, all, these all
1: of these certainly certainly have an impact. Um, globalization is certainly. Uh, yeah, certainly an important one uh, because uh, you know over the over the last couple of decades, um, Queensland's economy has become uh, uh, you know, more open globally, and yeah. uh, and and yeah, that's consistent with with moves across um, across Australia more broadly and yeah, and yeah. and the world as a whole. Um, Queensland is uh, a, a relatively high-wage, high-cost, uh, um, high-cost part of the world, and and there's a whole lot of very good reasons for that. So, when we think about Queensland uh, internationally, in a lot of cases, uh, Queensland as an economy uh, won't be competing on price uh, yes. because of um, yeah. because of those things, but. What Queensland can compete on is uh, is quality, customisation, yeah. uh, you know, niche, niche products across yeah. a whole range of sectors is where some of that competitive advantage can come from. Yeah. If we trace all of that back, what that uh, is often underpinned by is a highly skilled and capable workforce yeah, uh, yeah. and then we bring in... Uh, you know, a lot of these issues that come up time and time again around the future of work, around um, upskilling, reskilling, yeah, yeah. Um, the capability uh, of, of individuals in the workforce and this notion of lifelong learning and continual upskilling and reskilling.
0: So one of the questions that raises for me, and I hadn't, I hadn't really thought about it in these terms before, was that sometimes when we have these conversations about the future, we think of the future as something that is done to us you know, that we are just going to be victims of the future of work, however that, you know, whatever global forces make that happen. But in your answer there, in that, you know, in that kind of thinking about developing a highly skilled workforce and continual learning, like we actually have the opportunity to shape our future, to shape the future of work in the way that we want it to be, rather than in a sense to be passive victims of how the world
1: Does that make sense? It certainly does. And look, I think you've just hit the nail on the head of one of the key messages that we're trying to convey through the work that we're doing is uh, nobody can accurately predict with 100% accuracy exactly what the world of work is going to look like in 10 years' time. Um, We can be pretty confident that it will look a bit different Mm. uh, to to what it looks like now. Um, Perhaps not absolutely fundamentally different, uh, but but certainly, uh, certainly different and uh, there will continue to be change and you know, there's a fair amount of evidence that suggests that this, the speed and extent of that change uh, will, will speed up from what it has been in the past. Yeah, okay. I think there's a couple of really points to make here. The first is that what we're talking about in a lot of cases is not new. Yeah. Uh, technology has impacted the labour market for decades centuries uh, we if, might even say yeah well, new, te- new technologies but, come uh, yeah. they've impacted work yeah um, there has been some sort of an impact uh, on, yeah. uh, on on employment or, yeah. or occupations yeah. uh, and um, and that transition has always um, has always uh, occurred yeah. and and will continue in in the future Yeah. the point that you made around uh, these issues Uh, or or our response to these issues not being passive is a really important one. So uh, individuals, uh, businesses, regions, communities can all play a really important role in thinking proactively about these issues. And that doesn't mean that you need to 100% identify exactly what it is uh, that, you as an employee will be doing in 2030 or you no. as an employer will be doing in 2030, yeah. what it does mean is that you can begin setting yourself up yeah. um, to prepare for a future that perhaps is a little more uncertain, yeah. uh, but uh, prepare yourself to be able to embrace those opportunities yeah. as, uh, as they come up really importantly that's around lifelong learning yeah. it's around uh, recognizing that this notion of um finishing school um, you know doing yeah, a qualification yeah. perhaps and job then setting yourself yeah. up in a job for life yeah, is yeah. is more and more becoming yeah. uh, becoming a thing of the past and yeah. dipping in and out of education and training yeah. is becoming far more prevalent and will yeah. continue to become far more prevalent uh in into the future equally for employers uh Having that eye on the future, yeah. uh, and and having that eye on on future opportunities and to be able to embrace those opportunities, ensuring that um, you know learning and capability development as as a business or as an employer is yeah. um, you know embedded in the DNA yeah, and is something yeah. that is continually happening, so that those opportunities can be embraced uh, as as they come up is is
0: incredibly important. Yeah. Um. I was thinking. I'm thinking about uh, the Uniting Church um, network of schools. you know so we, we have a bunch of schools all around different parts of Queensland and work with different kinds of students and different kinds of families. And it does seem to me that the the conversation we're having whilst it is about lifelong learning is also about the ways in which our schools and our school systems prepare students not for their career but for kind of entry into this agile, flexible fluid kind of future of work and that, that we should be starting that you know right from the beginning of the school journey if you like right through so schools schools
1: have a really important role yeah. uh, and and what schools are essentially doing is preparing students for uh, for careers and jobs that in a lot of cases don't exist so, yet yeah. Uh, yeah. preparing students to solve problems in the future that haven't even been anticipated yet yeah. uh, so that you know, we can obviously go into a a, a, you know, a, a detailed conversation around uh, around curriculum and all of yeah, those yeah. sorts of things. That's yeah. um, you know probably a, a topic for, <laughs> another another for another day. Yeah. But I mean, I think one of the one of the critical roles that schools can play is around injecting some realism and objectivity mm. into these conversations. Okay. Uh, particularly around uh, those points around some of the impacts yeah. of, uh, of of technology. Yeah. Um, you know, There are. Um, you know, I, I see as I'm driving around town, um, billboards. Um, yeah. You know, sort of talking about the impact of technology on jobs and saying, uh, you know, will will your child will your child be prepared? Yes. Yeah, uh, yeah. And. You know, putting some realism and objectivity in, in into this uh into this conversation and and saying you know yes absolutely uh yeah. there will be challenges in the future, yeah, yeah. but there are um enormous opportunities yeah. uh as well yeah um, helping uh school students to understand uh, the labour market to yeah. understand uh, what job opportunities uh, look like uh, after school and where uh, where significant job opportunities yeah, yeah. exist in the yeah. labour market is is a really important role and yeah. also exposing. Um, uh, exposing students to um, to, to industry as, yeah. as much as possible and those school
0: and industry partnerships can play a really yeah. important role. And as an organisation that has you a know, significant workforce in at least two of the three sectors that you named as being, you know, the high growth sectors, um, you know, I guess there's an opportunity for us to more closely integrate the life of our schools and our students with some of the other parts of the Uniting Church. You know, I'm thinking about health and, and community services there, for example. Um, yeah,
1: certainly. And there's yeah. there's enormous job opportunities in in those sectors. Uh, and, you know, and another role that schools can play is helping to communicate just how diverse those those sectors are. So often people, uh, you know, when, when you talk about Healthcare and social assistance, yeah. you know, that you think doctors, you think nurses, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and your thinking doesn't extend much beyond that. Yeah. But there are an absolute multitude of occupations that exist yeah. within that healthcare and social yes. assistance industry. And if you just yeah. think about uh, the uh, the sheer number of occupations involved in running a hospital, yes, um, absolutely. You know, a, a large yeah. scale hospital from yeah. from your trades through to, yeah. your, to through through your service workers. Um, through through technicians and yeah. then obviously all the medical staff yeah, yeah. Uh, as yeah, it's, well. It's,
0: it's an extraordinary organisation, isn't it? They certainly yeah. are,
1: and there are enormous uh, enormous opportunities for uh, uh, for growth in the workforce mm. in mm. in that particular area.
0: Um, I just want to uh, quickly shift gear for a second. Um, I, I guess I'm, I'm interested in any insights that you might have around some of the consequences of this kind of evolution of work in terms of things like equality of opportunity and access or wealth distribution or you know like what risk is there for us as a society in Queensland of leaving some people behind like I understood you know, the conversation we've just had points to the ways in which we can try to mitigate against that um, but is it a kind of a real risk that you know that that as our work evolves and changes you know there is a, a sector in our society that doesn't keep up Look, I don't know if that's quite the right question. But. Yeah, look, there is a risk there, and yeah.
1: and I think one of the really important parts of this process is proactive planning, yeah. uh, and that's proactive planning uh, by by all parts of society. Yeah. Um, so, be it be it employers, be it yeah, individuals yeah. about themselves, yeah. regions, and industries, and communities have a really important role around uh, around planning for the future. In uh, in in their particular uh, their particular industries, regions yeah, or yeah. communities. Yeah. and institutions and society as well have mm-hmm. a have a really important role in in proactive planning. So there absolutely are um, yeah you know, are, are a range of cohorts that yeah. you know, depending on the way in which a particular transition plays out yeah. uh, in an industry or a region. And yeah. the really important thing to to remember here is that the way in which the transition plays out, is completely different. Yes. Uh, in in particular regions or industries. Yeah. Uh, based right, on the it? factors associated yeah. uh, in in that particular region or industry. Yeah. Uh, but you know, through through proactive planning and actively thinking about yeah. those that perhaps have the potential of uh, of of being left behind, uh, yeah. and thinking about what are the strategies that can be put in place yeah. to, to to mitigate that. Yeah. Um, you know, there are significant opportunities that, yeah. that that can be embraced if we are, if we are uh, having those issues front of mind.
0: It does seem that that in that area, the some of the very things that are perhaps driving you know I'm thinking technology here. Tech, if technology is driving change in the world of work, it also creates extraordinary opportunities for us um, to deliver lifelong learning and upskilling, you know, into regions in ways that we've not been able to do in the past. So. The very thing that might drive change might also be a part of uh, the answer, or the you know the the means by which we keep up with that change.
1: Absolutely, yeah. and know, uh, yeah, certainly the delivery of uh, the delivery of, of, of training and upskilling and reskilling uh, yeah. in, in in regions is 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 critically important. Technology yeah, yeah. is one way, one way uh, yeah. in, in which that can in yeah. which that can play out. Um, interestingly, when we went around the state uh, talking about uh, you know the the impact of technology on jobs yeah, yeah. one of the things that we that we often heard is that when technology was being introduced into an industry uh, it often wasn't initially about uh uh you know driving uh, driving efficiencies ar- ar- around employment okay. uh, often it was due to some other um some other purpose and and it, often it was safety yeah and okay. uh, that yep, yep. um you know i a particular task yeah. uh, that um, uh, perhaps might have been, uh, you, you, know, a, a, you know, a for want of a bit of word, dirty or, or, yeah, or yeah. unpleasant task yeah. to do, yeah. um, perhaps. Um, a task that had risk associated yeah. with it in terms of safety, uh, there was a technological solution yeah, yeah. Uh, that uh, that enabled that to be done yeah. in in a better way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and um, you know, yes, there is a secondary impact of that in terms yes. of that is um, augmenting yeah, a particular yeah. job,
0: yeah.
1: Uh, but uh, th- you know these other benefits yeah, yeah. Uh, are are playing out as well. Yeah.
0: That's a helpful reminder that that change in the future of work is not only driven. It's not. It's not a, a kind of a you know just a financial or an economic kind of driver. There either. safety. You know is a good example of you know another driver. Uh, Absolutely, that, that uh, might kind of result in some different things. Um, Brett, let me ask you to put your imagination hat on and go. You know, take us kind of ten years down the track. Um, you know, so we're sitting here in twenty thirty where the building we're sitting in is now one hundred and thirty years old instead of one hundred and twenty years old. Um, but what you know. Did, do you have a sense out of all that research about, you know, what what we might be grappling with by then in terms of work? You know, so ten years down the track, you know, is technology still going to be the thing that we're kind of grappling with? Um, you know, what is it that twenty thirty looks like from where you sit? Yeah.
1: So one of the things that we are going to see over over the next few years, um, driven by um, yeah population uh in, in Queensland is that over the coming years we'll begin to see five um, five different generations in in the workforce at five. the same
0: time wow uh, and particularly just, as we're going to count those yeah okay as that retirement age kind of goes yeah, out yeah so as, um, as yeah, people yeah. Uh, as people
1: start to spend longer in the workforce yeah. as um, you know, as people's yeah, yeah. Uh, health uh, yeah. you know, health outcomes generally improve uh, and you have sort of uh, older people staying in the workforce at the same time as you have yes. uh, a new generation uh, coming. coming through and and out of school. Um, yeah, that is going to um, you know, shift yeah. the uh, uh, you know that that age profile uh, of of the workforce, which will uh, you know for anyone that is in a in a, in a modern workplace will yeah. uh, will will create some shift in in what, the. Way what do you think
0: are going to be you know potentially some of the. Like the interesting implications of that five different, you know, is it, I mean, there's obviously big social and cultural differences across generations. Is that what, is that where the impact will be in the workforce, you know, of, of Gen Alpha or whatever the next generation will be called, you know, sitting alongside me as a Gen X and we just fundamentally see the world differently? Is that what we're talking about um,
1: yeah. Look, it, it will probably be an extension of those challenges that are already, yeah. uh, already in uh, in a modern workplace. As you yeah. have, um, you know, those different, um, you know, as you say, social and cultural, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, outlooks and, and yeah. ways of working and, yeah. and approaches. Uh, there will be another dimension yeah. uh, that that will add to and amplify bit, yeah. uh, those those factors. Yeah. Yeah. In terms of other factors in in twenty thirty. You know, it is it is very likely that we will see uh, this trend towards globalisation in the yep. economy continue, uh, continue uh, oh, yeah. into the future. Um, you know, Q- Queensland uh, is is a, a little bit unique uh, in comparison to some other parts of the country in that we have um, not just a a highly globally connected capital city or highly globally connected yep. southeast Queensland. We also have significant regional centres. Uh, uh, all the way uh, up the coast and, yes. and inland, yeah. um, that are um, heavily globally connected yeah, in yeah. their own right. Yeah. Um, and that, again, uh, coming back to that previous point that I made around Queensland's competitive advantage, yeah. um, comes back to that need for um, you know human capital and yeah. um, and the skills and capabilities of the workforce in Queensland um, really driving and underpinning a global competitive yeah, yeah. advantage. Uh, for for Queensland?
0: So, uh, I mean, I think they're about an an industry like our education sector, you know, and and certainly people that I know and organisations that I know are already working heavily internationally, you know, as those kind of international markets and opportunities open up, you know, and there's an extraordinary kind of project I'm aware of that uh, involves some people in Queensland working in Hong Kong, um, you know, with schools and, and students in Hong Kong that, you know, would never have been possible even 10 years ago. Um, that kind of international partnership and collaboration, I imagine, will just continue. Well,
1: that's right. So in terms of export, uh, mm. export in Queensland, uh, one of the largest um, sources of export revenue uh, for Queensland is, is international education. So yeah, international yeah. students yeah. Uh, coming, coming to Queensland, yeah. are studying here, uh, be it uh, through universities, be it through vocational education uh, or, yeah. or some schools as well. Uh, and um, you know, obviously, bringing the revenue that is yeah, yeah. associated uh, associated with that, so yeah. that drives um, obviously export revenue yeah. for the state. Yeah. Uh, it also drives employment yeah. in in that sector as well. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. So we talked there about uh, generations. We talked about um, globalization. Obviously, you know, technology continues to be in the mix. Um, I guess my last, the last question, you know, that I, that I kind of want to reflect on a little bit, and we have tapped into this along the ways you know, do you have any clues, um, you know, here's a free swing for you, you know, what, what could the Uniting Church do? You know, we obviously, you know, a little bit about, about us and the breadth of what we're involved in. Um, what's, our, what's our part to play, in, you know, in this whole conversation and in, you know, helping Queensland prepare for and be ready for and dive into the future world of work? So I think the,
1: I think the role of the Uniting Church uh, it's, it's probably quite similar to uh, what we would say the role would be for any um, sort of considerable institution yep. uh, in uh, in in Queensland. So obviously, there's um, you know parts of uh, parts of the church that are uh, employers. Yes. Um, but um, you know it is a it is a, a broader institution than, yeah, than yeah. just being being an employer. Yeah. Um, institutions have a really important role to play in uh this messaging uh that is based on objectivity and and realism around these issues so there are absolutely things that um um all uh, all elements of society from from individuals outward um um, should be doing to uh, to prepare themselves uh for for the future uh but we also run the risk that if uh, these issues are surrounded in in hype and hysteria and, yeah, yeah. and sensationalism, yeah. uh, what will often occur yeah, is helpful. that um, you know you, you end up in the in the scenario where uh, there is um, confusion and, um, yeah. and 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 an unknown in, yeah. in terms of ex- exactly what that next step should look like. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, objectivity and realism in in yeah. terms of these conversations around yeah. around future work is really important driving this focus on um, individuals and um, be they individuals in the labor market as employees or employers yeah. um, really taking um, taking charge and taking some proactive steps yeah. um, to to um, Uh, prepare themselves to take on future opportunities as as they emerge uh, be it through lifelong learning be it through capability development and I think there's a really important regional aspect um, to this as well so I touched on earlier that uh, the impacts are not uniform uh, across the state and different regions with um, you know their different economic profiles or different uh, particular um, challenges and opportunities in each particular region um, the impacts will be different, the yeah. challenges that come yeah. will be different, but the opportunities that it presents will be different yes. uh, as well. And taking a really place-based approach. Yeah. So for a particular regional location, saying what's happening in this particular yeah. region and how can all of the relevant actors in this region come yeah. together collectively yeah. Yeah. to say, uh, let's not work on these issues in in, in, in isolation. In isolation. In sense, yeah. Um you know a lot can be achieved through through communication and collaboration yeah. uh and through um your shared effort but also a shared sense of um priority and purpose on yeah. these issues and and what are the what are the two three four five really critical issues that we see for this particular region yeah. uh and how can we all come together collectively yeah. um to um to make some inroads in that particular yeah. issue
0: beautiful that sounds like a. A pretty good place to end. Uh, one last question. What will you be doing in 2030? Have you got your next career mapped out? I mean, we all have a bunch of them, don't we? I'll be a Formula One driver in 2030. That's my next career. Uh, I'm sure that'll be possible. Well, let's do another podcast in 2029 <laughs> and, uh, and I might have a better
1: sense for See you. So how baby. we
0: go. going. Yeah. Thank you so much, Brett. Really appreciate the time. Absolute pleasure. Thank you.